What's up, everybody? Max here with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I see some of you out there in the chat already. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me yesterday. Oh, wrong cameras on. Thank you for joining me yesterday. That was an awesome episode. Uh, thank you to Nikki MGTV for being out here and bringing his crew along with us. That was, you know, we went for like three hours yesterday. We had like a three-hour show yesterday, and it was a blast. Um, you know, one thing I got to tell you guys is, as always, I'm working on improving this show, constantly improving my foxhole, improve the foxhole every day, as they say. And that doesn't always mean that I have a full grasp on the technology side of all this. So right now, I believe this show is streaming to Facebook, Twitch, and then here to YouTube, where I think most of you are watching. So wherever you're watching, whatever your platform you're watching on, thank you for joining me and tuning in. Um, if there's any technical difficulties or issues going on, please let me know about it because uh, I want to do the best job that I can for you. I want to have the highest quality content that we possibly can. What's up in the chat to Earl of Silence, Scad, and Coco's Coins? What's up? Welcome, guys. Uh, today, we have a pretty fun episode. I do, I'm going to talk about what happened yesterday today. I didn't want to talk about it yesterday. We had Nikki on. I felt like everyone needed a break from it. Today, we have a little bit more information. We know a little bit more about what happened, and now I can give you guys some, some real stories about the deal. What's up, Justin? The Twitch is the Scuttlebutt Show. If you want to watch us on Twitch, it's the Scuttlebutt Show. Um, I'll set up a link in the description for the next episode. Um, it's not the only thing we're going to talk about today. We also have some, a Marine got a revolutionary healthcare surgery procedure done to save his life. The chief enlisted uh, per person, uh, Chief Master Sergeant, how does the Air Force work? Chief Master Sergeant Bass is at it again trolling people on social media, trying to, you know, keyboard warrior her way to a more effective Air Force. And we have some other stories as well, including, I don't know if you guys have seen those memes of the veteran with a sign, the guy standing outside the offices with that cardboard sign saying things like, not all Marine or riflemen, stuff like that. We're going to talk about him and uh, the movement that he's starting. Um, and then, yeah, and then just whatever comes up, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah, the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, uh, Bass. Her last name is Bass. Um, so we have all of that to get to and more. I, I just, you know, it's funny. I want to tell you guys a little anecdotal thing real quick. Yesterday, we had that episode with Nikki MGTV, and our channel is almost at a 750 subscribers on our way to 1,000. It's growing. We've got patrons now. Thank you to Justin and Rachel for being patrons. And it's, it, it, I was thinking the other day, the show's been going on for a little over three years. I was thinking back to our very first episode. I was telling Nikki this before we started yesterday. The very first episode I ever did of this show, I want to tell you guys about it really quick. It was on Veterans Day 2017. We were live on the radio, 89.1 KNSJ Descanso out of San Diego in the studio. And there's a, a clock up on the wall and the clock is counting down in seconds from one program to the next. Well, the program's like an hour. So we're there a half an hour early. There's 1,800 seconds, 1,800, 1,799, 1,798, counting down to zero. When that thing hits zero, my show starts. I had brought on two guests. One was a mentor from the Honor Foundation. The other one was Elliot McKenzie, Marine musician. Go check him out. I'm going to type his name in the chat, Elliot McKenzie. We're sitting there, my co-host van, we're sitting there, and I've got the music queued up, ready to go, and, and I'm, I feel fine, I feel great. Never done a show like this, never done a podcast, never been on the radio. We're going live on the radio. Van was on that one. Yes, Justin, Van was on that one. And we are counting down 80 seconds left, 50 seconds left, and we're sitting there, and I'm like, okay, everyone quiet, we're about to start. And it goes 10 seconds, and I panic. I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Why do I 
keep doing this to myself? Why am I always putting myself in these situations? I'm going to fail. I'm going to have a freak. I want to run. I wanted to run out of that room so bad because I knew when the clock hit zero, I had to show up and do a good job and try to host this show and keep a conversation going, not let any curses fly because it's FCC censored content. And the clock hit zero and we started and I had the best time of my life and I was on cloud nine. Energy was so high. And I still, I just want to tell you guys, you know, as the channel's growing and I thank you guys for being here every day, I still get that a little bit. You know, I've got this show intro, it goes 10, 9, 8, and I'm, and I, I'm staring at the screen, like make sure I hit the right buttons as we go on. And I still get that heart fluttering kind of nervousness before we go on because I want to do a good show for you guys. And I love that feeling. You know, I just, I just love that moment before. That moment before when all of the anxiety peaks and, and all of the fear peaks and then it's go time and you do it, you know? It's just a great feeling. So I want you guys to know every time is still like the first time. I still get excited. I still get nervous. I still want to do a good job and I appreciate you guys being here very much. With that being said, we've got an exciting and jam-packed show today. Every time I'm like, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? But there's always so much to talk about, honestly. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I've got some. I've got a new kind of setup here, uh, and, I'm, and I'm using a new software to stream. So let's try to get right into the first story, and hopefully everything goes according to plan here. If you listen on the podcast, you'll never know. But let's see. I'm going to let you guys know in the podcast if it works. It worked. It totally worked. Okay, so we're good. So <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being very lighthearted considering the seriousness of what we're about to talk about. U.S. Capitol secured four dead after rioters stormed the halls of Congress to block Biden's win. Yesterday, things were kind of crazy. I think we can all agree. Um, things were pretty chaotic yesterday as the story was unfolding. And I didn't have all of the information to tell you um, what was going on. But now I feel like I have more information and I can kind of begin to formulate some thoughts about it. Let's see. Let, I'm going to go. So let me start out with this. We're going to look at CNN's article here. I am nonpartisan. I'm not bipartisan. I'm like nonpartisan. I don't like the idea that you have to pick a side and your ideas and values fall on one side or the other. And I never fully trust everything that comes out of CNN. And I never fully trust everything that comes out of Fox News. I look at a lot of resources to get all my information. I read this article. This article seems legit. If you want to hear me critical of CNN, go watch the old Ethan Melzer, Ethan Melzner video, which is up on the channel. Um, and I'm, I, I really am always blasting the news as being like an untrustworthy source of information. Mainstream media preys on fear. Everything is about fear. So I will, Coco's, no, 100% I do not think there will be a civil war. 100% do not think that, just to answer that question. And I don't even like that kind of talk, okay? I don't even like talking about that. It, there, there, it's not going to happen, okay? So let's, uh, let's get into this article here. So U.S. Capitol secured four dead after rioters stormed the halls of Congress to block Biden's win. I learned a lot this morning in Okinawa time about what happened yesterday, a lot more than what I saw reported on the news. So I'm just going to go through here and hit some points. The U.S. Capitol is once again secured, but four people, which means that the event is over. Things are calm there. As we know, last night, Congress resumed their session and they verified the results of the election. Joe Biden is going to be the next president. So four people are dead, including one, one woman who was shot. Now, all I heard yesterday was about this one woman who was shot, who we we're going to talk about, Air Force veteran. But four people altogether were shot and many other people were injured after supporters of Donald Trump breached one of the most iconic American buildings, engulfing the nation's capital in chaos. There's a picture in this article that is insane that you guys are going to see in a little bit. Engulfing the nation's capital in chaos after Trump urged the supporters to fight against the ceremonial counting of the electoral votes that will confirm President-elect Joe Biden's win. Before the chat pops off, I do agree 
that the president's words incited this event. I agree 100%. Other, other senators and uh, elected officials like Ted Cruz, for example, spoke out in ways that definitely provoked this. I 100% agree with that. So let's see. We all know what happened yesterday. A bunch of pro-Trump supporters showed up and they stormed Congress. They stormed the House and they filled the the whole the whole Congress with protesters, rioters. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this being called treason here in a minute. So, and then I don't know if you guys saw the video of the woman getting shot, getting shot. Uh, and I don't know who shot her and I haven't seen that uh, uh, stated, but um, she was shot and she died there. And there's a video of it online that you can go see and it's horrible. And I do feel bad about that. And I feel bad for the people who are there who um, had to witness this and provide her first aid. They're going to have to deal with that for a long time. And I, but I, but I say, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, as they say. This was not a good move. So the woman who's yet to be identified died after being shot in the chest, but she has been identified. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, Police confirmed on CNN. More information on the shooting was not immediately available. One adult female and two adult males appear to have suffered from separate medical emergencies, which resulted in their deaths. They don't get into what the medical emergencies are of the other adult males. Any loss of life in a district is tragic, and our thoughts are with anyone impacted by their loss. Multiple officers had also been injured with at least one transport to the hospital, multiple sources say. Smoke grenades were used on the Senate side of the Capitol as police worked to clear the building of rioters. Windows on the west side of the Senate were broken and hundreds of officers amassed on the first floor of the building. You can go see all of this uh, online on videos. The Senate floor was cleared of rioters at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, so it had secured. 52 people were arrested, and they had issued a curfew at 1,800. So it took until about 1,800 for the building to be cleared. Who in the comments, let me know, thinks there's probably somebody hiding in in Congress now who's going to be there for the next 30 years and they're going to all think that they're a ghost and they're going to be walking around going, Marga, Marga. And they're going to say the Congress is haunted, but it's just some buddy hiding out in the walls. So the stunning display of insurrection was the first time the U.S. Capitol had been overrun since the British attacked and burned the building because we all know the White House was burned down during the War of 1812. The shocking scene was met with less police force than many of the Black Lives Matter protests that rolled across the country in the wake of George Floyd's killing. And I will, I'm going to talk about that too in a minute. But really quick, I want to talk about this picture. Do you guys all see this picture on your screen? If you're listening to the podcast, you wouldn't. But what we're looking at here is a scene of the inauguration, okay? And then this, I'm going to scroll the, I'm going to scroll the uh, picture here from right to left and look up, look at this photo taken during the inauguration, and look at this photo taken yesterday. And this is like, when you see this, it is like uh, the the coming of the warnings that people have been giving for such a long time that this was what would possibly happen if the increase in rhetoric kept going and things got more extreme and more violent and we started going down this path of just extremism in every direction. I'm not saying anybody's innocent here. Extremes in every direction. And we this is what extremism gets you, okay? Look, 2017, inauguration, 2021. So let me catch up on the chat here really quick. So uh, there will not be a civil war. That's where, that's where I last left off. The United States is too stable of a country for that. I think it was the police that shot her. I heard she tried to get into a room full of a bunch of military officials. Well, if you look at the video online, there was a giant crowd of the rioters, protesters, whatever you want to call them. I know depending on where you stand, you would use those two words, trying to get into the Congress at that point. She was definitely not alone and she was definitely not the leader of the pack. It looks like somebody probably shot through a door and she took the impact of the round. I'm surprised that she was a vet. Uh, 
I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily surprised one way or the other. Not all vets are good. Not all people are good. And I'm not going to say she was a bad person either. I think like to say that she was a bad person is a little extreme. Um, it's true. Not all vets are good. There are murderers and rapists out there, but I'm not going to go ahead and say that I think that she's a bad person. I think a lot of people are caught up in this craziness right now. And I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and say that all people who are QAnon and all people who are, you know, wearing MAGA hats are not all bad people. I'm not saying that. And I hope that you're not saying that either. Just blanket statement. They're all bad people. I don't think that that's the case. So the small bunch always stick out. That's true. Justin says, right before starting this, I read one Capitol was, one Capitol police was beat to death by fire extinguisher. I did have not seen that yet, Justin. They did find IEDs. So Coco says, I thought it was pipe bombs, but IEDs and uh, pipe bombs can be IEDs. So IEDs mean improvised explosive device, and it covers a massive range of explosives, including IEDs. If you've ever been in the military uh, or had this training for some other reason, like EOD type training, they have these things called IED lanes where you go through and you encounter a bunch of different types of IEDs and it's all for training. And so you see a wire sticking out of the ground, a pressure plate, a pipe bomb, a bunch of pipe bombs wrapped together, copper set to blast out. Those are like the most deadly ones. I forget what they're called right now. Um, but there's a, a pipe bomb can be an IED. So yes, they did find pipe bombs. I was going to talk about that here in a minute. Regal says rumor has Antifa infiltrated the event. That is not, that's, that's not true. Uh, if you look on there, you can. I they, they have already gone through and identified the people. If you guys remember the guy wearing the fur hat and the tattoos, he, like this guy's like the face of the event yesterday. Uh, he's a known QAnon conspirator, Trump supporter. He's got a Facebook page. He's an outspoken person, a host. There's another big podcast host that was there, a person with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. These are known QAnon, uh, like far right people. Um, I, I don't think I a hundred percent do not think that this was like a setup. This is exactly what it looked like. It would it appear to be, and it shouldn't be surprising to anybody either. Um, WC says little too much hurt locker, uh, scat. I was a Trump supporter. That's a riot. Aren't pipe bombs IEDs. So yes, we were just talking about that. IEDs improvised explosive devices. Coco says there are bad people on both sides, but I think most Americans have good intentions. Thanks for the clarification. Uh, EFP. Yes, that's what those IEDs are called. Uh, my buddy in California, he's 13. His mom had him go take down their U.S. flags and U.S. Air Force flags because people are vandalizing there from what I heard. That's disappointing. I don't think that the American flag should be a symbol of, um, should never be considered a symbol of hate or, or something aggressive or anything like that. I totally, totally disagree with that 100% completely. Um, so I hope that that's not you know, if that's really happening, I'm, I'm sad to hear that too. Um, I will, I want to address one thing really quick. So let me go through and, uh, I'll just address you guys directly real quick before I move on to the next story. Cause we already kind of talked about the pipe bomb things, which I was going to go into this next people. They had diffused and blown in place or bipped four pipe bombs yesterday in the Capitol. And this was a organized, they were prepared event to go take down the Capitol building. And if you go look at some of the tweets and Facebook posts that were going out online, including from that female Air Force vet that I'm going to get to here in a minute. They're, they were talking like, your time has come. This is the end. We are taking you down. We are taking the country back, which the talk of people have been saying what happened in the Capitol yesterday was treason. From a definitive standpoint, it fits the definition. It fits the definition of treason. Treason being trying to overthrow the government. They had said that they were going to go overthrow Congress, take them down, overthrow the process of democracy that we're in the middle of right now, whatever you think about what happened, 
there's, you have to look at what has been proven, what the evidence is. We really have to go look at, you know, who is telling us what, okay? And right now, the a process is in place to put into the power the next president of the United States, and they were trying to go disrupt that process. Does that fit into the definition of treason? I'm not a lawyer, but from my perspective, it does. I feel like that's not overstating the situation. It is as bad as it gets, okay? So let me pop back over here and uh, and get back into the to the article really quick for you guys. Um, where did, where did my article go? So an afternoon of chaos, protesters first breach exterior security barriers, video footage showed protesters gathering some clashing with police. I think we've all seen that at the end of the day, lawmakers did return to the Capitol and they did end up finishing what they got out there to do that day. Um, Trump tells supporters to go home. Trump released a statement today. I don't know if you guys have seen this in the last hour or two, uh, saying that he, accepts the results of the election and he has started the transfer power and calls for an end to all investigations into um, if he can maintain as president, if he will be the next president, that's done. So it it is going to be uh, Joe Biden as the next president and they're in the process right now. Um, So that is, has officially happened. Uh, And then I'm sure you guys have seen also to talk about like impeaching and 25th amendment and all this stuff. I think it's just going to happen a normal way. Um, Federal and local law enforcement responded to reports of possible pipe bombs in multiple locations in Washington, D.C. According to federal law enforcement official, a pipe bomb was found at the RNC headquarters. At least two suspected pipe bombs were rendered safe by law enforcement. The one at the building that house RNC offices and the one at the U.S. Capitol complex, federal law enforcement official told CNN. The official said these were real explosive devices and they were detonated safely or bipped, blown in place. Um, I mean, that's as scary as it gets. That's a coordinated... uh, assault on uh, these buildings, you know, with the intent to cause grievous harm and, and death and chaos and anarchy. Um, interestingly, uh, there's a lot of people taking the blame for what happened yesterday. The Pentagon goes, don't blame us for the massive security failure at the Capitol. The Pentagon's job is not to, for one, protect the Capitol and then two, investigate Americans. So they go into it in this article. Defense officials placed the blame for failed security and weak law enforcement response to Wednesday's Capitol riots on law enforcement agencies in a call with reporters on Thursday, maintaining that they were in a supporting role and were responding only as asked, including the activation of the National Guard and uh, and deploying them and their, their assets to go, you know, kind of clear up the situation. We do not do domestic intelligence collection. The Pentagon does not do domestic intelligence collection, uh, except for in extreme circumstances of domestic Terrorism, not like this, uh, necessarily as an organization of, as an assembly of people that obviously turned into what could be described as domestic terrorism. Um, but they they generally are prohibited from spying on Americans. Pentagon spokesman Jonathan Hoffman said, we rely on Capitol Police and federal law enforcement to include the Secret Service to provide an assessment of the situation they foresaw. And based on that assessment that they had, they believe they had sufficient personnel and did not make a request. I, I'm, I am, I mean, people are saying... They're, they're drawing comparisons to the BLM protests that were going on. Yeah, you've got, you know, all the politicians are talking about 70 million Americans. 70 million Americans believe the election was stolen and fraud and the president saying it. Why wouldn't you think that this was going to turn into a huge thing? Um, this is like the three percenters, the three percenters. This is like what they're talking about, you know, like. Like if going into action, if the government oversteps and this is exactly the type of situation that they've been talking about, telling us that they would go into action for. So and catch up on the chat. Pence's response is much more responsible than the president. I say that the cabinet should invoke the 25th Amendment. 
uh, Scad, I don't think that that makes any sense just because in two weeks it's going to be a different president. And by the time they file the paperwork to even do that, it'll be over anyway, um, as long as they don't try to halt the process any longer. Regal says, I don't remember swearing an oath to the government. I hope you all are happy with the Chinese compromised people who are in charge now. Uh, you know what? There's something to that too. Like I'm not out there. I'm not trying to tell you guys that, um, that I think Joe Biden's a great example of what a president should be. I'm more disappointed than anything else that we always are seem to be faced with these two horrible choices. Like, is nobody decent that's running for president? Is there nobody who seems like they don't have some kind of massive scandal, like a legitimate massive scandal going on that there's nobody out there willing to step up to the plate and run for president and go into government who is just decent? My eyes are on Dan Crenshaw, although I do feel like he, as a, I'm a big fan of his and I talk about him a lot in the show, um, I do feel like he got a little caught up in the whole Trump phenomenon, uh, being a big supporter and advocate for a lot of his policies. Uh, when people were against it, but he's come around and he's spoken out vehemently against this. And so I think that he would be a good candidate for future high level leadership in Congress. Um, uh, I'm sorry, as he progresses past Congress, uh, if he so chooses and we'll, we'll see, it'll be interesting if that ever happens. Um, let's see. Some people are seeing each other in chat here. If ISIS knew it was that easy, they would have raided the Capitol years ago with all honesty. You know, it, 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 there's not that many ISIS-inspired threats in the United States, in my opinion, especially not now. They're the lone wolves. That's what we're always looking out for, the people who get radicalized on the internet, the people who go overseas and travel and get radicalized there. Um, but it's not like there's a, a thousand-strong force of ISIS in the United States trying to go take down federal buildings, or else we would have seen it, I can tell you that. So the boogeyman can only operate in the shadows, True, Coco's Chase, talking to Chase. Um, national security threat, true. Um, Max for President Justin, thanks very much. Uh, but no thanks. Uh, MP soldier, nobody that the system will support. They get weeded out. Unfortunately, nobody seems to be centrist, which is what we need. Retired and deceased FBI assistant director Ted Gunderson tried to tell us all. Nobody's listening. Um, I, I'm not sure who that is. I need to, I'll look that up. Um, you know, it, it does seem like the system... So, uh, you know, one thing about the Democrat, like, I'm an extremely liberal person. There's probably very few people out there, uh, well, I'm not going to say that. You guys might be surprised at how liberal I actually am on a lot of my policies, but I rarely agree with anything I hear a Democratic candidate say. And the fact that we had, in the Democratic National Convention, a gay guy, a, a black person, women, all running for president, and they all got forced out to make room for Joe Biden... They never even had a chance. Tulsi Gabbard never even had a chance. They force all these people out, all these people that they say embody the diversity of America and the face of America and what makes America great. And they together force them out to make room for Joe Biden. Think of like, at some point you got to hear like, mm, the system's really built to, it, it's not us choosing, you know? And if you look at back Hill with Hillary Clinton, the system chose her too. Like the way that they rigged the debates with preloading the questions and kind of, and if you guys remember too, I talked about this on a show, when Bernie Sanders was in the lead of Joe Biden for a while, they started calling him a Russian asset out of nowhere on the news. And it just makes you go like, is anyone who's a threat to like the establishment just a Russian asset? Is that what you're telling us? Like, because it just doesn't align with what, with, and it doesn't make any sense. So, okay, anyway, 
I don't want to get too far down that road because um, I need to finish this article really, really quick here. Um, the police response to Wednesday's breach of the Capitol building by a mob was lacking, to say the least. So one striking video shared on Twitter showed a mob of people yelling as they entered. If you guys haven't seen the videos, you got to go online and watch the videos. Um, and, uh, so eventually the Pentagon deployed the National Guard, activated them uh, by, I guess, order of the president. And uh, while many pointed out, while storming the Capitol happened quickly, there was plenty of heads up online. So I don't know why there wasn't a better setup going on before that. Um, in this next article here that I'm going to get to, let's see what's going on in the chat. Uh, the DNC just, cor- yeah, that's true. Re- I agree, Regal, with that. That's what I'm saying. I, they just, the, the, the existing government picks the candidate, not the people, is really how it seems. Um, though I don't agree with the Republicans a lot. I'm extremely conservative, but don't agree with the Republicans, Scott. President Eisenhower's farewell speech to the American people was an open apology for helping to create the military-industrial complex. True. Jones, F all politicians, seriously. But but then again, you do want to say F all politicians sometimes, right? But politicians do a lot of good stuff, too, in reality. Um, and if you know anybody in politics, think about this. The people in politics are people that we once knew. Then they go into politics, right? They're real people who at one point probably had good intentions. A lot, some of them, sure, I'm sure didn't. But for the most part, they probably go in there with good intentions. And I think the system really breaks them down. Just like in the military. You get in, you have good intentions, and then you see the system and you're like, this is so messed up. This system is so jacked up um, that I'm not, I, I really felt, I fell out of love with it. You're just, you know, you realize how little effect you have on change, how hard it is to get anything done and all this stuff. But, um, but then again, you know, you, you have to keep going to make small gains, you know, like you have to work really hard for a really long time, hoping to make one little small change, one little small impact that kind of makes your efforts worth it. And then there's for sure people out there whose whole thing is to just go be corrupt to make money, to represent special interests, to, you know, make themselves more powerful. It's an ego, ego maniac, ego driven thing, um, which is kind of like, okay, so I want to get to this next article really quick here, because um, as you guys know, if you've listened to the show for a long time, when Donald Trump announced that he was running for president, I thought it was like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Then he started having those uh, events. And I was like, hell yeah, Trump train all the way. And then not long after that, by the time it got closer to the election, I was like, oh, this looks really bad. This looks like it could potentially be really bad. And then as the candidacy goes on, he, you know, becomes president and the years go on. I thought, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm seeing on the news just doesn't make sense about how bad he is. And you see obvious misinformation about how bad he is. And so I go like, if you don't like him, just don't like him for the things that you obviously see him doing that are irrefutable and not this like BS that you see on the news that's made up and spun in, in all kinds of different ways. And then... Now at the end, uh, I feel like it really went off the rails and there's not a lot to like here. So, uh, but if I ever had a doubt the whole time on, do I think Donald Trump is good or bad? Do I think Donald Trump is good or bad? Me, a citizen, I watch the news, I see what's going on. I, I have to pick what to believe and what not to believe. Where am I getting my information from? Here's what I determined, Okay. Hang on, let me turn off the uh, let me turn off the the uh, screen. Get back to the main camera here. I want to address you guys directly. Okay, sometimes if you look at certain things and you look at the information that you're getting and the numbers and the statistics, statistics, you go, Donald Trump did a good job as president, right? You go, Donald Trump wasn't that bad. Things are, in a lot of ways, really good. Um, we are reducing our uh, our overseas conflicts. 
the economy is doing well. Although I will say about the economy, it's done even markably better since November's election. Have you guys, do you guys follow that? The economy's done so much better since the election. So this idea that Donald Trump not being president is going to crash the economy doesn't hold up yet. It maybe in two years it will, but then again, they say it takes 20 years to know what a president's effects are. But then again, that means that we're still living with the effects of Bill Clinton's presidency. So anyway, <laughs> so if you're trying to decide, did Donald Trump do a good job or not? Was he a good president or not? Here's what I ultimately decided. Okay. Here's what I ultimately decided. Look at who has disavowed him from beginning to end. Okay. Two examples. As a um, I, I, Navy, okay, veteran, veteran YouTube channel, Jim Mattis and Admiral McRaven. General Mattis and Admiral McRaven, okay? General Mattis, a Marine who has become that of legend, okay? Who has, who has become someone who is like not even a real person anymore, okay? He resigns as SecDef when Donald Trump announces we're going to pull out of Iraq and see supporting the Kurds in the North because his viewpoints did not align with that of Trump anymore. And then once he resigned as Secretary of Defense, he was outspoken about how he thinks that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy, a threat to the nation's integrity and, and, and national, how dangerous nationalism can be. And then Admiral McRaven, who in the last year, commander of all of Navy SEALs, retired author of a few books, the famous Make Your Bed speech, goes out there and says, Donald Trump is... You know, we can't elect Donald Trump for a second term. We have to elect the alternative, okay? Whoever the alternative is would be better than Donald Trump at this point. And, and if I don't know any better, and if all I have to go off of is what I see on the news and here on, you know, here on TV and see on the internet, I have to go with these people who I believe represent my interests and values. These leaders, Mattis, McRaven, so many others, military leaders who I support and have followed and I believe from what I know about them and what I've been following them for years in their military careers are stand up, good, ethical, moral people who love the United States more than anything, who love the United States and its values and the constitution and what we stand for in our best interests. And if those people then say it ain't Trump, it ain't him, then I go, okay, I, that, that is the most influencing fact to me. Okay. More than what I see on the news, more than what I hear about policy more than what I see on TV. Cause if you watch TV, if you watch CNN and Fox news, for example, they will cover the same story and one will say it's horrible and the other will say it's great. It's literally the opposite. It can't be those things. It can't be. So what am I going to go off of? I believe in these people. Regal says high ranking military leaders are just politicians too, though. You know, I don't know about that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lump them all in. Okay. I'm not going to say Mattis and McRaven are just politicians who are, especially now that they're retired, are just like pawns of the system, okay? Th these are thoughtful people, in my opinion, and, and from what I know. So if these people go out and say it ain't Trump, that's the most influential thing to me. Not the news, not anything else, not what I've seen online, not people's tweets, not all my friends who are posting on Facebook, like there's some kind of political geniuses. It's that. That influences me. So what I'm asking you is who are your, in who what is such, who is it influential enough to you? Who do you follow that if they disagree with you, it would actually matter? Or are you so stuck in what you think that nobody could change your mind? I, you don't have to answer that, but just think about it. Like who is your thought leader? 
Who influences you? Who at least makes you go, maybe I'm wrong if they, if they di- di- differ from what you're thinking, okay? Just a little philosophical question for you, okay? So Mattis now at being outspoken against Trump unloads on Trump as a man without a country in a blistering, uh, I got to change my thing here, in a blistering critique echoing the civil war. If you look on the memes page of our discord, some stuff started popping off in there this morning. That was kind of funny. President Donald Trump will leave office as a man without a country. His first defense secretary, Jim Mattis said in a scathing critique with undertones of the American civil war, today's violent assault on our capital and effort to subjugate American democracy by mob rule was fomented by Mr. Trump. Mattis wrote in reference to unprecedented turmoil in Washington on Wednesday after rioters stormed the halls of Congress. So Mattis being a retired Marine general who served in until January 2019, said that use of the presidency to destroy trust in our election and to poison our respect for fellow citizens has been enabled by pseudo-political leaders whose names will live in infamy as profiles in cowardice. Other Trump administration officials weighed in as well, including retired Marine General Joseph Dunford, the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff until 2019, who vowed to stay silent on Trump. This is an outrageous assault on our democracy and a sad day for our nation, Dunford said. As many have said, we're better than this. I believe our leaders who have continued to undermine a peaceful transition in accordance with our Constitution have set the conditions for today's violence. I agree. Mark Esper, who was acting Secretary of Defense for a little while, another of the five defense secretaries who served under Trump, called the assault appalling and un-American. This is not how citizens of the world's greatest and oldest democracy behave, Esper wrote. This must end now for the good of the republic. As this transition plays out over the next two weeks, I'm confident the U.S. military will stay out of politics as it is supposed to, a political organization. I am confident the U.S. military will stay out of politics and remain true to its sworn oath to support and defend the Constitution and the American people as the most trusted and respected institution of the country. So, and the article goes on to talk about how these are rare public rebukes of the president from military leaders, retired military leaders, but this is starting to become a common thing. And that's why I say, the, the, the influence sphere, right? You have to look at, you know, what, how far you expand that and who's in your influence sphere. And if it's a, if it's a, 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 a echo chamber, if it's a reaffirming cycle, like what all social media and internet is and Google and all that, it just reaffirms what you already know. If you're not listening, if you, if the people who disagree with you phase out of your influence sphere instantly, then are, are you sure you're giving it the thought, the the concern, the consideration that these issues really deserve, um, especially in things as important as electing um, our elected officials, which is one of the most important parts of our democracy. So there's that. And then I wanted to talk about um, a couple more things on this, and I do have some more stories I want to get to. So uh, I'm just going to leave up these pictures really quick for you guys uh, of, of yesterday that just are totally just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, you've got people just, you know, ransacking the inside of Congress. In one regard, I, I just, if I'm trying to think about it, I see how people would want to see this, okay? I see how people would want to see this kind of thing happen because people are so fed up with the government. People are so fed up with politics. They're so fed up with what they see on TV. They just go, burn, just burn it down. Just burn it all down. Let it burn. But this is not the way. Like, this is not it. Um, it's, it's, the way that you should exercise, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but the way I would exercise my anger is by going, what can I affect positive change that I want to see in today? How can I go outside and make the country more of what I want to see? And then my other question to you is, if you look outside right now, what is really going on? What is really bad right outside your door? Because remember, what you see on TV, what you see on the news, it's all, about, it's all based in, in fear, right? Does that fear stand up 
to you actually going outside and like, ah, the world's okay. Things seem to be not so bad. Or, or do you go outside and there's like people raiding gun stores and, and you know, the government's raiding gun stores and civil wars going on. And, you know, it did like Matt V's and RG's are rolling down the streets. Like, is any of this stuff really actually even st- st- like as bad as it seems on TV? I don't think that it is to be totally honest. Um, so I expected this as a Marine in Iraq. Veterans in Congress voice rage after mob storms Capitol. Veterans in Congress from both sides of the aisle called the mob that took over the U.S. Capitol Wednesday domestic terrorism and blamed President Donald Trump for promoting it. There are a lot of people who are all of a sudden turning on the president who supported him for a long time. And you have to consider that that support has enabled us to get to this point. So I think that you can't just, if you all of a sudden are disavowing what happened and disavowing the president because of yesterday, then you have to, you know, acknowledge too, if you're a congressman or a senator, that your actions leading up to this day are part, in part responsible for it as well. Um, so, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't vote one-sided. Uh, if you guys listen to the show, you know, I'm, I don't hate anybody on either side. I just think it's, it's all so crazy. It's all, it all on the internet is so much crazier than it really is in real life. Um, so representative Jason Crow, a Democrat from Colorado, who was a former army ranger. There's also a ton of veterans who go into politics and become Democrats too. Like, does that mean that their service does not count anymore? So he said he'd been prepared to use a pen as a weapon of last resort to defend himself. It's good because the, the veterans who were inside Congress yesterday jumped into action, started locking doors, started explaining to people how to put their masks on, started seeing what are the weapons around here? I mean, they really sprung into action, which I like. Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas, a former Navy SEAL lieutenant commander who lost an eye in Afghanistan, tweeted as Trump supporters swarmed into the Capitol building and strolled the halls triumphantly, stop this bullshit now. He said what disturbed him most was the sight of rioters waving the American flag as if this was some kind of patriotic duty. I want the president himself to get on the ground and actually tell people to stop. You got a man up, Crenshaw said. Crow, a former army captain who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, described going into ranger mode as he and several other House members were caught behind as the House chamber was being evacuated. On Twitter and later on CNN, Crow said that he helped stack furniture to barricade the doors. If that didn't work, I directed other members to remove their congressional pins so that they weren't identifiable. I had my pen in my pocket so I could use it as a weapon. It's a pretty scary scene if you're thinking about using a pen as a weapon to defend yourself. Think about the you know, if the enemy closed with on you and you're using a pen as a weapon, that's not going to be a good day. If it came to that, that's not good. There was certainly not enough secret service in there to defend them as well. So it was definitely a bad scene. Now, yet, hang on, let me catch up on the chat really quick. So let's see. Oh, I got to go way back up to catch up with you guys. So let me, I'm probably going to scroll past a few of these. Um, that's why all generals, that's why all generals need a sergeant major present. Um I think he had mostly good intentions, but it seemed like he would get locked onto some idea and just run with it no matter the cost. Who are we talking about there? Um, Regal says, Red Platoon, yep. Whatever happened to that retired Air Force general claiming SF forces lost lives, obtaining information from a server in Germany? I don't know if you saw me cover that story, but uh, he disappeared. So he, not like maliciously disappeared, but that whole story disappeared. That whole story just went down because it was in preparation for you know, the overturn of the election. And since that didn't work, you know, it just kind of fizzled out. So uh, let's see, Regal, Democrats using BLM and Antifa as mob rule is okay. I'm not saying it's okay, Regal. I'm not saying Democrats using BLM and Antifa as mob rule is okay. I am outspoken against that. If you guys don't remember, I had posted some videos about how much I 
despise these, you know, riots, the rioters who use the guise of social justice and civil rights to go do bad things. And at one point they were like the most viewed videos on my channel, which I did not like at all, actually, because I don't want to be a political channel unless it's like directly military related. Um, being somewhere in the middle is probably better than being hardcore left or right. But the problem with, you know, and that, I, I think that that's true, but the problem with being somewhere in the middle is it also kind of makes you kind of like, eh, well, you know, kind of whatever. Um, it's difficult, it's difficult to land yourself on, you know, in an area that makes you effective and not seem just, um, indecisive, I guess. They didn't want him because he's not part of the establishment like everyone else. Trump isn't the best, but we just voted us back into the endless paradox and the people will never have power. Um, uh, Squidward, I, um, did you feel, my question to you, Squidward, is did you feel like what you're describing here was true with Obama? Uh, let me see the answer to that. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about with the thing. The government was scared of the people yesterday. How's it supposed to be? It was a great event. You can't affect change. Your vote doesn't count. Um, does your vote count? Uh, I would say your vote does not count. <laughs> Honestly, your, your vote, uh, does not count in the presidential election as much as it does in the local elections. Okay. So if, but then again, if the election comes down to a thousand people, that's, I mean, like in Georgia, 10,000 people, it kind of counts then. I mean, the 10,000 people go, my vote doesn't count. I'm not going out there. That's the question. And you have to start asking yourself that. Uh, I am going to stick with, I believe elections are conducted with the best intentions and with the least amount of fraud and corruption possible, while some, I'm sure, exists. I mean, it's not new. For all of time, it's been going on. Um, that's just when you sit down with the, re with the real people of differing views, you end up finding more in common than the media machine wants you to think. They have never supported him. Jones, who has never supported him? Uh, Scad, just because I disagree with someone doesn't mean I dislike them. I'm the same way. Uh, your vote doesn't count and never will. The system is not working. You can't fix that with a vote. I kind of just addressed that. Sorry for being late. Just finished working out. What's up, Saifi? Good job. Good for you. Um, they did that on 9-11 with the pins. Secret Service has no mandate to protect Congress. Uh, have a good night. Got to go to sleep. Okay, see you later. Um, SCAD, peace. Okay, so, oh, Republicans. Yeah. Um, well, a lot have. Jones, a lot of Republicans have supported Donald Trump, of course. Like, uh, tons of them have, um, once he became the nominee. Isn't it funny, too, Democrats and Republicans, how they talk about each other during the primaries versus how they talk about each other when they become the candidate? Uh, it just goes to show you that they'll literally say anything. Politicians will literally say anything to be right and liked in that moment. And I was going to talk about that, too, but this is already... <laughs> I thought I might get through this in 30 minutes, but obviously it's not possible. So, Air Force identifies veterans shot and killed during Capitol riots. This is one of her tweets. <clears throat> the storm is here and is descending upon DC. So she's wearing a MAGA hat. She's got the Air Force identified the woman, which I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a MAGA hat. Stop, you know, attacking people who wear this hat, which I hope is going to be done now anyway. The Air Force identified the woman shot and killed during the riots at the U.S. Capitol building on Wednesday as 35-year-old Ashley Babbitt, a formerly Ashley Elizabeth McEntee, an Air Force veteran who served on active duty from 2004 to 2008. She was a member of security forces and senior Airman McEntee last served active duty at Dyes Air Force Base, Texas, before joining the Air Force Reserve from 2008 to 2010. Air Force Chief of Media Operations and Stefanik said in a statement she joined the Air National Guard from 2010 to 2016. A San Diego native, 
she deployed at least eight times. Now, I don't know what that means, deployed eight times, because deployments can vary in length and where and everything, but it does say that she served in Iraq and Afghanistan, somewhere on here. The newer airmen have been coming to us and asking about the living conditions, the weather, the gear, the schedule, how we work as teams, the hours we work, Babbitt said at the time, as we have a large amount of first-timers deploying with us, I think we can offer comfort and knowledge. So seems like she was an all-around good airman. But they are reporting now that she was a QAnon conspiracy uh, theorist, and QAnon obviously says a lot of things that are kind of crazy. Uh, there is a lot of things in there that are definitely not true uh, and have really no basis in reality. And the problem is when you start piecing together all of this information, it starts to sound true, but it's just like, just try to remember guys what I said earlier about politicians used to be normal people. There are people who knew politicians before they went into politics. Um, so the idea that somebody goes and becomes a Democrat and now they're part of this child, you know, human trafficking ring, all this weird stuff that QAnon says is going on. Uh, does that really align with the fact that nobody who ever has known any of these people has said anything along those lines? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I question when I see this, these types of things going on. So Babbitt was shot by Capitol Police. Oh, okay. So Babbitt was shot by Capitol Police shortly after Ryder stormed the Capitol and started smashing windows. Babbitt had a Trump flag tied around her waist as she fell into the marble floor with blood spilling from her shoulder. It's a rough scene if you guys have seen that online. Babbitt was one of four fatalities that resulted from the riots, which were meant to halt the certification of the Electoral College votes, validating President-elect Joe Biden's victory over Trump in the November election. Now, <clears throat> these riots, they happened. People stormed Congress. They got inside. They took to the floor. Everyone fled, went into hiding for security. And what happened? Congress went in. More, more together, right? More united than they were before that happened. It had, the the event had the exact opposite effect of what it was intended to do. And I just think, uh, honestly, it's, it this type of action is not the way in modern times to have, to have progress, okay? It's just not, it's just not gonna work. Now, something else I'll say too, let me, uh, let me go back here to um, my main camera, is what I will say about yesterday though, is, is it just goes to show you how fragile the system really is. Like the truth is we talk about the politicians and your vote doesn't matter and all this stuff. We were just talking about it. I said it too. But look, the system only works because we all agree that we want it to. It would fall instantly if even a pretty decent amount of people decided to, to, to go against it. The system is not that strong. It only exists because we all decide that we're okay with it. And I feel like that's something that politicians do kind of forget sometimes because the alternative is worse, okay? The alternative is worse. The idea of civil war, of rebellion, of the downfall of the government, that kind of stuff is really not good. It's really, really, really bad. And, and I'm surprised when I hear veterans talk about it because we've seen it in other countries. Why would we ever want that to come to America? Think of all of the great citizens of this country. The, forget the people that you despise for a moment. Think of all of the great citizens of this country. Do we want to bring America down to that level for the sake of the good people that live in America, that believe in American values? Because we see a few that we disagree with on both sides, and, but they have these big loud voices and they get a lot of airtime on TV and they make you think that it's the end of the world. 
is that really worth going in and trying to override the progress of the government doing their job to enforce democracy? Now, if the government ever went in and said, okay, that's, we're not doing democracy anymore. We're doing socialism. It's the end of, this the end of democracy. We're doing, we're doing, uh, we're having a king now and that king is going to rule. And, uh, if, if there's any dissenters, we're going to kill them. That's the type of thing that, uh, is, is something to be concerned about, but that doesn't happen. It is, it is just because the country doesn't look exactly the way that one of us thinks it should. That's not ours to choose. That's not up to us. America's not one way. It ebbs and flows. And that's the beauty of it. And if you look back at like, if there was a graph going like how progressive and conservative and liberal and, Dem- and, and Republican and Democrat the country is, it would just go like this. It's always back and forth. And so it, it's, it, and, and we always fight about it and argue about it and come back to the same issues and things that we don't believe in and do believe in and all this stuff. But honestly, just because the way that we, the way that we think it's supposed to be isn't, that's still democracy working, okay? It's not our, it's not any one of ours country. If America's going in a way that we don't like, that's the will of the people in theory acting out. It's only if somebody comes in and goes, this is the end of American values. We are done with the constitution. We're, we are done with, you know, free speech and second, second amendment, third amendment, fourth amendment, and all of that goes on and on. Then there's a, you know, something to be concerned about, but none of that's happening. I mean, I know that there's a lot of stuff about guns and a lot of stuff about free speech and all this stuff that, you know, has people concerned and maybe in some, some cases thing there change. People talk about change, but in reality, I don't ever think that that's going to happen. It's just fear talking. It's just fear talking. And now, interestingly, in a couple weeks, the Senate, the president and the Congress is all going to be Democrat. So we'll know soon. How, how if you're if you're on the, if you're on the side of like you know you vote Republican or you didn't vote Republican but now you're pro Trump politics or you're new into politics, all of us are too young to really know how politics is because you got to look at like you got to ask your grandparents about politics. You got to ask your you got to look back and read history about politics. We've only known it for three four presidents for most of us. So and then the years we've been involved with it is probably only two or three maybe. I'm on, I'll be on my, this will be my fourth president as an adult or yeah, including the last couple, uh, the last year of, uh, George, George Bush or the first year of George Bush, the first term of George Bush. So anyway, um, we're going to find out. Okay. If, if there was ever anything to be worried about, it's going to happen now. And so if it does, so what I'm saying is if it doesn't happen, if things don't get really bad, if it's not the end of the world, then all of this was for no reason. And everything's just going to keep going on. And America's still going to be America. And your city's not going to change. Your state's not going to change. It's just going to be, like, that's the thing about, you know, picking where you live in the country, too. It's not like the federal government. I really, really, really don't think, honestly, I really don't, that the government's going to roll into all of our towns and start changing how we live our lives. I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't line up to me, okay? It doesn't line up. Now, I'll just leave you with this on the politics stuff. Here's what I think. We need to check who our influences are outside of the politicians, okay? Who, who look down at like a family tree, okay? Who supports these people? Who doesn't support them? What are they all saying? Where am I getting my information from? Expand your sources. 
for everybody, Democrat, Republican, whoever you are, expand your sources. Where are you getting your information from? That's key, okay? Secondly, and I really believe this, we all need to give politicians a break. And I know that sounds jacked up. You're like, ah, screw you, Max. What are you talking about? I think that we have created this system where if somebody has one flaw, one mistake, we destroy them. We wreck them online. We go out there, resign, resign, surrender. Your life is over. Both sides do it. You know, you know, whatever side you're on, you're guilty, okay? We need to relax with that. We need to stop setting these impossible standards, these impossible standards for our leaders. Then maybe they could get more done and be more honest. I'm not saying we should be okay with really bad stuff happening, but we set impo- we've set we set impossible standards, impossible standards. And so if, if, we could, if we could relax a little bit and be more forgiving and understanding of each other, maybe we could give people a better chance to do more and better work. That's, I think about that a lot. Like we all need to be a little less hard on one another, a little less critical, a little less quick to go jump on the internet and try to ruin someone's life over one thing that they do that we disagree with. Okay. That's my two cents. Now I want to wrap this up and t- there's a couple other stories I got to get to. I know we've already been on almost an hour, but there's a couple stories I want to get to. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to close out a couple of these. Um, and I'm going to go with these two. Okay. These are the two main other stories I want to talk to today. Before I do, before I lose you guys at the top of the hour here for anybody who has to go, I'm wearing my USO volunteer shirt today because I do volunteer with the USO out here in Okinawa. I love the USO. I've been supported by the USO. You probably have too. Next week, I'm going to be volunteering with the USO Monday through Friday, which means I'm going to be changing the schedule of the show a little bit, which I'll be posting to Discord and Instagram and Facebook. So if, if you're on one of those, check next week for the updated schedule of the show. Like Monday is going to change. Tuesday might change. And I think Thursday is going to change. And Wednesday and Friday will probably be the same schedule times. So check on that on the social medias, just so you know, I'm going to be volunteering with the USO out here in Okinawa next week. And there are, is going to be a small change to the schedule. I've got two other stories I'm going to cover really quick and we try to wrap the show up at a relatively normal time. Let me just catch up on the chat really quick. Uh, what about the Clintons and Epstein? Um, yeah, I mean, you could, that's a whole nother thing. Like, why do we never get answers on, like, I'm pissed too about that kind of stuff. I, but Clinton, we're not even talking about Clinton anymore. Like Clinton's out of the game and Epstein's dead. And, Prince Andrews is kind of now widely known as being a pedophile. So I feel like in some ways we did get resolution on that. Like some stuff did happen. It's just, we got to look at it. Now, why are we never going to hear another word about it? That's a good question. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that begs the question of, you know, what's up with all these cover-ups and, you know, transparency and we need more answers and all this stuff. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of, on a lot of that. We need progress. We need to get away from tribalism. It, is democracy banks, government agencies, celebrities, sports teams, news channels, corporations, and every powerful person in the U.S. controlling the elections. <clears throat> There's a lot of influence. There is a lot of influence, and it's really hard to break in. Uh, I will say that. It's definitely money talks, bullshit walks. Uh, it's hard to break into the system. It's not as much of a choice as we want to believe it is. I do think that. Elections are not as much of a choice as we think they are. But I do think that there's an election. I do think votes are counted. And I do think there's a, a winner and a loser. I do think that, though. Q 
Cancel culture is the death of the First Amendment. I agree. I am totally against cancel culture. Totally 100% against it. Ocean says, there's, there are people too, there are people too and not robots. Yep. Just don't make mistakes. LOL, it's not that hard. Well, people make mistakes, Mr. High. You've never made one. <laughs> people make mistakes. People do. We need to be a little bit more understanding of people's uh, fallibility, especially when they're in really hard jobs, like trying to run the government. Mr. High, message retracted. <laughs> Look up that Ted Gunderson and you will find a lot more about pedophilia with Hollywood and DC. Sure. I, I believe, you know, I believe that there's something to that Hollywood pedophile thing, uh, sex trafficking and all this stuff. Like it's a real thing. Uh, I just don't think that if you order a pizza, you're going to find a kid delivered to your door or whatever that Pizzagate stuff is. Um, anyway, I'm, I don't know enough about it to talk that smartly on it. I just know that I don't think that a lot of it makes any sense. Uh, from what I've seen. So let me switch back over here and I'll show you guys uh, this other story. So I thought this was really cool. This is a typical, a traditional, um, we, we, if, I'm going to leave the politics alone for right now, okay? I saw this and I just thought it was so cool out of San Diego. This Marine's new jaw was made out of his leg bone in a breakthrough new surgery. We're expecting Murray to be out for only eight to 10 weeks compared with years in previous techniques. Military medicine gets a bad rap Military malpractice kills thousands of people every year. Here's a good here's a good military medicine story. A lucky Marine made military medical history by becoming the first service member to receive a reconstructed jaw made out of one of his leg bones, complete with 3D printed teeth, all in one surgery. Wow. Lance Corporal Jaden Murray assigned to Combat Logistics Battalion 7 at Marine Corps Air Ground Combat Center, 29 Palms, California, was diagnosed with an aggressive but benign brain tumor, or sorry, benign tumor in his lower jaw about a year ago. Usually, it would take multiple surgeries and years of recovery to come back from that, but new techniques and te- te- technology mean that Murray will return to duty after just one surgery and a few months of recovery. That's amazing. In terms of actual downtime away from his unit, we're expecting Murray to be out for only eight to 10 weeks compared with years and previous reconstructive techniques, said Lieutenant Commander Daniel Hammer, the surgeon who performed the procedure at Naval Medical Center San Diego on November 18th. That's a tiny amount of time when compared to the magnitude of the procedure. And frankly, this guy got diagnosed with a tumor, which is one of the worst diagnoses you can get because you're talking about the fear of what's to come when you get diagnosed with cancer, the fear of the unknown, the journey, the recovery, chemotherapy. We all probably know somebody who's been affected by cancer and this is a scary thing. The fact that then, if I go back up to this picture here, that people can come through, make him a new jaw and a new set of teeth and get him in 10 weeks back to fit for full duty is a miraculous achievement. And Big shout out to San Diego Naval Medical Center, uh, Balboa, for that. The sutures they used to attach the new jaw to the existing blood vessels at the head and neck are about half the thickness of a human hair. That's insane. Reshaping a leg bone into a jaw is crazy enough, but the surgery was also unique in that the surgeons crowned the new jaw with 3D printed teeth designed right there at NMCSD. Even more extraordinary, the surgeons left enough of Murray's fibula in his leg so that once he fully recovers, he will have no restrictions on movement and exercise. Let me tell you something. The, the medical staff that I know, because my wife is military medical, care deeply about getting young men and women back to fit for full duty so that they can stay in the Marines and the Navy and the Air Force and the Coast Guard and the Army. <clears throat> These folks, it's, imagine you're 19 years old, you join, I mean, I, Jackson, Black Box Safety, old episode, go watch those episodes with him. Young Marine going to recon training, breaks his leg, breaks his femur, 
medically retired, hip replacement, out at, a, at 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, never, you know, running again, never, life-changing, life-changing. These doctors, you know, understand this. This is t- horrible, sad stuff. Um, and they can take this young Marine, hard charger, go-getter dude, and get him in there and rebuild his face and pull a bone out of his leg, put it in his head, give him 3D printed teeth and get him back into the fleet. That's awesome. That is awesome. Good for them. The procedure is the first of its kind to be performed in California and the DOD is first one is one of the first to be performed in the United States. But why was it necessary to harvest the fibula and remove the lower jaw at the same time? Hammer explained that it was safer and more efficient option. The more time a patient spends under anesthesia, the great the greater the likelihood that complications can occur. Plus, fewer surgeries mean that Murray has more time to recover and fewer traumas to recover from. The more surgeries you have, the more scar tissue you build up, the harder it is to move, the more long-term impacts you have from those um, <clears throat> procedures. It also helps to have a patient with a great attitude, Murray said. Murray said he never felt too nervous because he trusted the hands of his surgical team. You should always challenge your doctors, okay? I'm guilty of this. You should challenge your doctors, ask questions, make sure that they're qualified. Don't just go under the knife for any major surgery without at least, you know, asking your doctor a lot of questions, understanding who they are, what their intentions are, what your expectations are, all this stuff. Uh, you can't just have a bunch of surgery out of, you know, without, without, and there are bad doctors out there. Great podcast, Dr. Death. You guys want to listen to a great podcast? Listen to the Dr. Death podcast. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Check it out. It is uh, pretty badass. Um, and well, it's, I mean, it's horrifying, but it's a badass podcast. Uh, what's up, everybody in the chat? What's up, uh, JoJo? What's up, AO Nixo? How's it going? Um, so Dr. Death podcast, horrifying stuff. There are bad doctors out there. There are bad surgeries. We've all heard of medical malpractice stuff. Carlos, what's up? We've all heard of like military medical malpractice and horror stories of guys getting their, you know, balls removed when they went in for to have a toenail fixed or something like that. Um, of course it happens. Like I can do a whole episode on military healthcare. I know a little bit about it. Um, if you guys want to know about that kind of stuff, but this is really cool. This is really, really cool. Uh, this, this Marine was able to get this surgery and he's going to go back to full duty. So to see him swallowing, speaking, walking, and not using a uh, tracheostomy tube, one week post-surgery was a huge victory for both Murray and for us, Hammer said. He's the doctor. Even with an entirely new lower jaw, we were so confident in his ability to swallow, we removed his feeding tube immediately after he passed the swallow study. Wow. Wow. The first two weeks were difficult. I was in a lot of pain, he said. I've been on a soft food diet of chicken noodle soup, baked beans, and ramen noodles. I really look forward to getting back into the healthy mindset, working out, running, and bodybuilding. Everything is going to heal, and healing is a process that won't last forever, he said. Hammer credited his military medical train, that's the doctor, and other health professionals on the NMCSD team for the smooth execution of the procedure. Other physicians, including uh, the maxiofacial department, I'm sure there was some um, oncology department, um, plastic surgery, occupational therapy, all that stuff. The Marine will still have regular checkups to make sure his new teeth are in good condition and the new bone is completely integrated into the jaw. But if everything goes expected, he'll be completely healed, restriction-free, and able to eat solid food within six months. Um, and here he is getting that procedure. Let me, uh, let me tell you guys something really quick. Let me tell you guys a little thing. Okay. I learned something this year. Uh, you know, everything is easier when you're healthy. Okay. The hardest day you've ever had is easier when you're healthy than the easiest day when you don't have your health. 
having seen some friends go down the health spiral, you know, I feel like I'm getting to that age where people I know who are a little older than me, anything could happen. I lost a lot of friends this year to, you know, different diseases and sicknesses and stuff. And it's, it's just, it's clear to me now, like as my body starts to get a little slower, a little more pain in the joints and stuff that I took my physical health for granted. Okay. Not as much, like, I don't feel as bad about it as I could. I've always been an athlete. I was obviously in the military for a long time, but I never thought about it. I never really thought about it. Rachel, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Um, I never really thought about my physical health. Like I just thought I'm going to fucking live forever. I mean, I'm sure there's other people out there who feel me on that. Um, a jet just flew past, uh, a jet. I live right next to the flight line. So probably an F 22 just flew, flew over my house. Yes. If you guys heard that, that's what that was. Um, if you guys want to see videos of that, let me know. I'll go take some pictures and videos and stuff. Um, so if you're out there, somebody was asking me yesterday, I've been talking to one of the people in the chat about getting, getting back in shape, being healthy, getting into the gym. You need to, you need to take advantage. If your body is healthy enough to move, you need to move it. You owe it to yourself. It's your responsibility. In my opinion, I feel, this is something I feel strongly about the, about, but and maybe you don't feel as strongly as I do, but if you're healthy, if you're young, or even if you're middle-aged, whatever, and you, you were in physically, physically good health, no chronic conditions, no major physical problems, you need to be out there using your body. Don't take it for granted. You're so lucky. I hope you know. You're so lucky. This young Marine gets a diagnosis of cancer in his, in his face, okay? Do you think he's ever going to take his health for granted again? You're just, you, you go through your life healthy, you're healthy, you're healthy, and then all of a sudden one day you're not. All of a sudden one day you get a blood test or something and they're like, you're not healthy anymore. Now you have a condition, okay? Don't waste that good time. I'm telling you, okay? I'm telling you, that's my message to you. Don't waste that good time, okay? <clears throat> Was that a little heavy? I don't know. There's tons of jets flying over my house right now, by the way. I've got one more story I'm gonna get to and we're gonna wrap this up for today. I'm trying not to let make these episodes consistently run over an hour, just so you guys know. We're not going with three-hour episodes, okay? This is just, we had a lot to talk about today. Joanne Bass, Chief Master Sergeant Joanne Bass of the Air Force, the Air Force's top enlisted leader, is looking into why an airman was punished for attempting suicide. The Air Force's top enlisted leader is looking into an incident involving an airman who was sent a letter of reprimand and a letter of counseling shortly after attempting suicide. Nikki MGTV did a video on this on his channel. You can see all about what the actual incident is over there. The airman said their unit, the 460 at Space Wings Dental Flight, based at Buckley Air Force Base, Colorado, was plagued by toxic leadership problems with the hostile work environment. And other airmen stepped up on Facebook to share their own horror stories from the unit. Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne Bass, told Task and Purpose that while the incident took place last year and the airmen involved has since left the service, the situation gives us an opportunity to reflect on the culture we need where airmen understand the responsibilities as both leaders and wingmen, a culture where respect, trust, accountability, and compassion guide our actions. The situation came to light on Friday when the popular Facebook page, Air Force Airmen NCO, SNCO, which if you're on Facebook and you don't follow that, I recommend you do. They do post a lot of good stuff. Posted it and she found that message. Uh, the situation came to light and it was a message from an airman who was sent to a psychiatric facility for a week after attempting suicide with an IV catheter needle. The airman said they were sent to a facility by unit leadership, not because they had attempted suicide, but because they showed up to work seven minutes late the day after the attempt. <laughs> I mean, come on. We covered a story like that just the other day. 
After a week at the psychiatric facility without word from their leadership, the airman said their supervisor and first shirt stopped by to give them a letter of counseling for showing up late to work and a letter of reprimand for stealing the needle from the clinic they worked at. That is so insane. That is so crazy. So like I said, just go watch the video on Nikki MGTV's channel if you want more information on this. I don't have time to get into the whole story right now. But um, I do. What I will say about it, the reason that I brought it up um, is because I, uh, I wanted to uh, let you guys know that I think it's um, kind of crazy that the chief master sergeant in the Air Force is just like actioning Facebook posts left and right. If you guys remember when we covered that story a few weeks ago. Um, so let's see. MP soldier says, sounds like Bagram all over again in the B-Huts. Oh, the B-Huts. Have you guys ever lived in B-Huts? If you've lived in B-Huts, like this video, share it with a friend. Miguel watching from Mexicali. What's up? Yo, Max, me and Regal are in a VC. Okay, nice, nice. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So, Joanne Bass is now, like, keyboard warrioring the, uh, the, the whole, like, Air Force. If <laughs> my kid happened in a B-Hut. <laughs> um, if she sees a Facebook post about something in the Air Force she doesn't like, you can expect that she's about to slide into those DMs and go talk to your first sergeant. Uh, the Air Force is getting crazy with that. And like I said, I don't know if I think that that's good or bad, um, but I think it's interesting that we're seeing more and more military leadership browsing social media, taking social media posts and going out there. If you're in the military or about to join the military, I would just caution you that she is setting what I believe to be a dangerous precedent for the future of senior leaders, like staff level leaders, like in the, we have fleet master chiefs, force master chiefs, master chief petty officer of the Navy, all in the Navy. If I was in the Navy and I posted something to Facebook, hashtag Navy, I'm at home on my couch, BS and post something. And the force master chief goes, petty officer Bloom, what's up with this? Uh, I'm going to need to have a talk with you and your chief on Monday. I wouldn't feel too good about that. I would not feel, I, I'd feel I mean, you're a sailor, an airman, a marine, a soldier, 24-7, but I feel like that's overstepping bounds. Do you guys feel like that's overstepping bounds a little bit when the formal versions of reporting problems are getting... Com like, she's jumping the chain of command the other way. They always tell us in the military, don't jump your chain of command. Try to resolve your problem at the lowest level. But if the chain of command jumps the other way, what are you going to do? That disrupts the whole process. And it really stifles leaders on other levels. Like, by doing that, she is saying that the every leader in between the airmen that had the problem and her is now not able to do their job. And it probably scares a lot of other leaders too, which in my mind could only lead to further higher levels of micromanagement. What do you guys think about that? Or do you think that traditional formal routes of reporting problems have failed too much in the past? And as a result, now we have to go with, you know, finding the problems ourselves on Facebook and addressing them directly, no matter what level of leadership you're at. Love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. We are at an hour and 11 minutes for this broadcast today. Thank you guys for tuning in. This was an awesome episode. I hope I got the most of the comments that we had talked, to, talked about. I don't want to miss your guys' comments. Like I said, check the Discord, check the Facebook page, and check the Instagram for next week's schedule because I'm going to be volunteering at the USO. The schedule is going to be a little bit different, but I do guarantee you one thing. I will be making USO content next week, so I'll be able to share it out with you guys on the YouTube channel. If you're a patron... I'll share it with you first. So go ahead and join Patreon. You get all kinds of good stuff there, even if you join at the lowest level. If you join at the highest level of Patreon, at the second month, you get a free t-shirt and it's going to pay for itself. 
And I really appreciate your support. That would mean a lot to me, even if you just click the Patreon link in the description and check out what our Patreon has to offer. If you haven't already been on the Discord, go ahead and jump on the Discord. We have a fire chat going on over there. We have memes posted. We can listen to music together. It's crazy over there. Uh, I'm streaming now on Facebook, Twitch, and here on YouTube. So go follow me wherever it's easiest for you to listen and watch the show. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I really do. I always do. You guys know that. I'm loving the show. I'm loving where it's going. First week of 2021 is off to a crazy start, in my opinion. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks to our patrons, Justin and Rachel. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. It might be at a different time on Monday. Like I said, stay tuned to the schedule, but the Scuttlebutt Show is not going anywhere. I will see you next week. I am out for now.